0: Hey guys, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of Couching the Mind, Clearing the Mind One Couch Talk at a Time. On today's episode, I've got Brittany George joining in conversation, revolving around the topic of all or nothing. How's it going, Brittany?
1: Yeah, it's really good. How are you doing? Have you had a good weekend?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Pretty pretty busy, to be fair. I just, I'm just, i the sort of person that when I'm in full-time work, I, and it's a really nice sunny day, I've got to be doing something. I've got to be I've got to try and at least go to the beach or go to the gym or something that gets me out and about.
1: Definitely an active person. You'd, you'd be a good athlete. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you, you, in talking about athletes, you 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 were telling me that you've always, always been into sport and, and it, obviously long-term, you, you you represent Australia for, um, as a ski aerialist. How did that come about?
1: Oh, dear me. Um firstly like my mom just put me into gymnastics she's like you have too much energy go away go away do gymnastics so you can sleep at night so I started gymnastics when I was maybe two three years old and I just stayed in it I was fantastic I was junior elite senior elite athlete by the time I was 14 15 and that was my whole life like I did not go to school I would train 40 42 hours a week go to school maybe eight hours a week if I was lucky like to this day I've done nine full nine to three days of school it's it's quite ridiculous but i graduated somehow i don't know but yeah only done a few hours of school so i was elite gymnast until i was 15 and then i got recruited by the shan olympic aerial ski team to join them they taught me how to ski they taught me how to jump and yeah i was with them for eight years uh three years on the world cup circuit world championships reserved for 2018 pyeongchang olympics and Yeah, so it has literally been my whole life. I've been the athlete since I was two till I was 20, 21. And I've had a break the last few years, but it's literally who I am. It is my whole life.
0: And I guess that's probably why I call the topic All or Nothing because you had mentioned to me when when we first spoke about getting you on the podcast, a good friend of yours, Chris Seibel, helped me in that process. Shout out to Chris. Good bloke. Uh, You were were telling me that everything was, your life was revolving around sport and that was it and it took that break to 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 really to really break you like you 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 struggled because you were trying to find your identity again and what what led you to, to having that extensive break what happened there
1: i did not have an identity i was labeled the athlete from a very young age and i just rode with it and i will admit i do have a lot of mental health issues and mental illnesses diagnosed to myself quite at an early age and i knew this before i was even diagnosed i was Four, five years old when my brain just kind of ticked over and was like okay so the plan is you'll be an athlete until you're good and when you're done then you'll die that then you'll kill yourself and it was very set in stone very firm no deviation that has been the life plan so I was athlete sport like sport die sport die that was that was my whole life so everything I put into this I put everything in my my injuries my Schoolwork went secondhand. Everything went secondhand sport. Sport was absolutely everything. So 100% it's all or nothing.
0: I guess when you're really passionate about something, it, it is the case of all or nothing. Because at, at that present time, that's all you're thinking about. You're thinking about, okay, so I'm at this point and how can I get better? And how can I keep getting better? For yourself, where did, where did you attain such a mindset? You know, at such a young age, knowing that you you were going to be doing something in the field of sport and if you weren't doing that then you would struggle how did you and how did you understand mental health at that time
1: oh it's very difficult i mean even now as i'm 24 i still don't understand my own mental health but being a four-year-old and being like yep sport diet like it's a very fixed mindset and i'm still trying to break that like it is a battle you have with yourself every single day and i i still struggle like, I wake up and I'm like, I'm the athlete. Oh, no, I'm I'm not the athlete. Oh, fuck, what am I? Like, I, I don't know who I am. And that revolved around my mental health the last few years while I was competing. It was it was very difficult to travel 10 months a year, be in Australia two months, you know, a new week, new city every week, new competition, battling mental health, being the best athlete you can be, competing against 30, 40 other girls and just living on like two hours sleep is just ridiculous and that that 100% broke me in the last few years especially with the sport and a team that wasn't very understanding of mental health because it is very taboo it's very no 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 everything's on the down low you're fine whereas like no I'm not fine and I need I need help and I sought out that help and my team sought that help out for me but they weren't able to help me be who I was it was you needed to conform you need to fit into the group you need to be exactly like everyone else even though they admitted that I had mental health issues and mental illnesses and they were just like no 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 if you can't conform you can't be an athlete you can't be on this team anymore and it was it was brutal so I had a back injury towards the end of my career after you know four or five years competing on the world cup competing at world championships surfer olympics had this back injury. And then they used that to slip my mental health into it and just be like, oh, look, you're not really fitting in with a team. Like if you can change the way you behave and act and react to things and change your mental health, like maybe you'll be fine you can come back. But they essentially just were like, no, like your mental health is too difficult for us to handle. So having your entire life, your entire world ripped from you from something that you have no control over or very little control over was devastating. So that was when I hit nothing, and I had absolutely nothing and no one. No one stood by me.
0: Well, wow, because when you're in those situations and, and you are against everyone else, you might be feeling this way, but you don't know you don't know how to react. You know, you, everyone's against you, and you, you're not going to speak up. You're struggling, and you probably have those those revolving questions of well, what's what's wrong with me. You know what you need to do, but you're not getting the support that you're after. So I think I think even though it was a really difficult thing to do, Brittany, I think it was the best thing that you did to step away. Especially in that situation because we all, you know, it could be mates. You could be hanging around with a group of people that aren't supportive. And it's sometimes really, really difficult to actually take a step back and go, maybe fucking they're not right for me. Maybe Maybe I actually need to be by myself for a little bit and find the right people. Because they're just not picking me up, and they're not there to support me in the tar- darkest times. I mean, I, I know it's very, very different because you were at the peak of your peak of your career for sport, and I could only imagine like how fucking awesome that would have been. I mean, <laughs> I <laughs> I sit back and go, holy shit! Like the amount of time and hours and, and effort put into training to get to where you are, like is is absolutely amazing if anything you need to not acknowledge what you've been able to achieve you know not a lot of people would you would have been 22 sorry that
1: 20 when i finished
0: see you're 21 so you're 21 and you're almost you were reserves for the 2018 winter olympics you know there's not a lot of people that can say that so if anything you've got to you've got to commend yourself for being able to do that 100%
1: and I I do like people say, oh my God, you've done all these things. You've been to all these countries. And I'm like, absolutely I have. And I'm 20 and I've, you know, I've been to Finland, China, US, blah, 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 blah. But like, I was there for essentially work. My sport was work. I would see the airport. I'd see the hotel and the competition site and we'd be gone in four days. And then we're in a new city. Airport, hotel, competition site, airport, hotel, competition site. It was revolving just Oh God, I don't even know what to call it, mm. but to but when my mental health started creeping up on me, it was really difficult because I had a friend from the Canadian team who who suffered with bipolar and another multiple illnesses, and when I got diagnosed, it was like I really reached out to him and connected with him, and I saw the way that his team treated him and supported him, and you know his family, his far- parents, his his coaches, even they were just like okay, like I understand this and this and this, so we're going to do it this way today. And it was fantastic and they worked with him. And then I would look at my team and my coaches and just see that, you know, they're not here to support me. They're here because I am basically, I'm, I'm, I'm a medal. If I don't win a medal and I'm not going to win a medal, I'm not worth anything to these people. And that's exactly how it went. You know, I, I hit the point where my mental health was, struggling and it was too difficult for them to deal with taking out too much time and effort for them to deal with so I wasn't worth it I wasn't worth the time and money anymore and you know that was it that was the peak so as much as I commend myself for everything that I have done and the mental health struggles that I've been through and the numerous amounts of oh god the list of things I could tell you that I've suffered through over the years and doing that while being an elite athlete 100% I commend myself for it But it's also like my mental health was my downfall and I definitely needed someone there for me at the time and I had no one. So when I hit all or nothing, I hit nothing and I had two people in my corner. Out of the thousands and thousands I knew and who I'd known over the years, I had two people support me and it was a real eye-opener. It was brutal. Hmm.
0: Yeah. You think think being such a... A big part of Australia, you know, pe- performing at that level, representing Australia, that you would be getting the support that you needed. And and I get, you know, from an outsider's perspective, maybe it is because all they want to do is make Australia proud and get the medals, all this stuff, as you were saying, Britt, but they brush aside everything else, you know, putting walls up about, you know, whether or not you're struggling. We don't want to hear that. You want to be in your best state possible. Be, be-, be prepared, be ready for the next... You know for the next jump mm-hmm. that sort of stuff where do you think you know if, if we if we look back if if we could do it differently mm-hmm. how do you think sport as a whole can I guess can can take on board mental health better mm-hmm. and just be there for people you know if, if you were to go back in your in your situation how do you think the situation could have been handled better from from everyone else that kind of brush you aside
1: I think it's it's really difficult because I was training, you know, forty plus hours a week. I lived, breathed this sport. You know, we'd wake up. We live in an apartment together. We train twelve hours. We come home. We have dinner together. We go back to sleep. It was full time. It was a full time job. So I I started missing school when I was in grade eight for skiing. Like I was at school, maybe you know, a couple of days a year. You know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there. So it was it was difficult that I couldn't be at school and I couldn't learn how other people grew up and what they did because I was essentially on my own since I was a child. I was 40 hours a week doing gymnastics. I raised myself. My coaches raised me. I transferred into skiing. I traveled around the world by myself. I went through airports by myself. I cooked, cleaned, washed my own clothes by myself and I was 12, 13. You know, up until I was 20 like I did everything myself and i grew up extremely extremely young so that combined with mental illness as you know depression any other mental illness will make your brain age faster so i'm 24 at the moment but i mentally i feel like i'm 35 40 i'm you know i'm ridiculously beyond where i should be i didn't get those childhood years but i didn't get those teenage years either i just went from a baby to full grown adult in you know a full working time job as an athlete and it was it was really difficult and they didn't really help you in the sense of like having a backup plan like if you think about you know the um the football in America to go to college and be a football star in college you need to maintain a 4.0 4.0 GPA in, all throughout your college years to be able to stay on the team and i think that is fantastic because they have that Backup if they don't go pro after college. They've got their degree, they've got their four-year graduate as well as their athlete, as well as their sport. They've got a backup plan. They know who they are outside of sport. It's not like 98% sport, 2% Brittany. It is, it's a well-developed human and an athlete that's talented enough to do sport, not an athlete that's slightly gonna function in society after they leave. Like there's no transition into society there's no support into society it's just you're an athlete you're stuck with that label it's like yep you're an athlete you're an athlete you're an athlete. but who am i who am i as a person who is Brittany? and i i don't know that i still don't know that i struggle every day to know who that is but there's no way to learn that unless you've grown up around it people have taught you about it they teach you like your your values your morals all these sorts of things it's just like i don't even I have no idea who I am and it's, it's, it needs to be taught earlier. And I think other people need to support that and push that. You know, coaches need to be like, yeah, you need downtime, you need to study, you need to go to school, you need to socialize. Whereas I was just, you know, 12 hours a day living together for 10 months a year. All I knew was the four people around me and the, the staff. I wasn't a person, I was an athlete, I was a metal machine, that was it.
0: Going back to your age, <laughs> I was gonna say that you might feel forty, but you don't look forty. You don't have to worry about oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, crazy, crazy. It, it makes so much sense the way you say that. Now I've actually got a better understanding of what you mean. You you put so much into sport itself. You didn't have that plan B. So true what you said about N R uh, the NFL. Sorry, college football. They do have to have the um, a four GPO to be able to to play nfl and it's so good because if it doesn't if they find out that after a year of playing sport it doesn't work out for them they still they've got something to fall back on you know they can mold into society whereas for yourself it would have been so much harder because that's all you've done you've done the gymnastics you, you you didn't you did minimal work you did minimal time at school main focus was sport and it always has been and then you got to the level of playing for australia didn't get that support and then and then you had that back injury, and you're trying to get back into society, but you just don't know where to start because you never had that starting point. Mm-hmm. Now you said that you have a, you you're having a lack of understanding of your identity now, and I think I think even even in, in another sort of situation might be not as traumatic as this experience you've been through. We all have points where we we are having a lack of identity. You know, it's like you go through school, and they're like you've got to, you've got to go to uni to get a degree. And I'm sitting there going, because this is me, I was sitting there going, yeah, look, my grades aren't looking too good. If I'm going to uni, I swear to God, I don't, I don't even know what I've been doing. Um, I don't even know what you could do for an, like an OP18 or something, whatever it was. <laughs> an arts degree. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: is that? An arts degree.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm definitely not the sort of person for arts. I mean, I could try. But, you know, it's like that additional pressure where it's kind of like, that's the way you've got to go in society. But if you don't fit in that, it's kind of like, what, what is my identity? And it's a matter of trying to find that, try to... I believe it's a matter of trying things out and knowing that if it doesn't work out, you're probably going to fuck up. And and without fucking up, you don't... You won't know that it's right or wrong for you. Have you have you sort of experienced that and tried tried and try, try in sort of different fields yet? Because yeah, I saw that... What's it? Beautiful, beautiful meditation. So... Is this, is this a part of trying to find your identity
1: again? 100%. I did yoga and all that sort of stuff for my back rehab. And, you know, before, like after that, I had a complete mental breakdown. 100% like up and left Melbourne at 2 o'clock in the morning, packed my car, went on this road trip for four or five weeks. I don't even know where I went, you know, up the coast, down the coast, inside out, ridiculous places, just myself didn't tell anyone where I was where I was going and apparently I was a missing persons so I was driving on this little road trip completely by myself no one knew where I was no one knew who I was and the police were looking up for me and I was like oh fuck and at this point it was you know finalized that I would not return to skiing because of my mental health so I had it in my head this was time be good at sport and die. so that was the plan I got on this road trip and I'd go to all these beautiful places, these waterfalls, blah, blah, blah. And I found this one waterfall and it was just, I was like, yep, that's it. This is it. And, you know, I quite violently and quite brutally did try to attempt to take my own life. I, I, I was sitting at the bottom of the waterfall at maybe seven or eight o'clock at night, pitch black, just listening to it thunder down on the bottom and I was like, yep, I'm so content right now be good at sport kill myself that was the plan i'm so happy yep it's going to plan it's all good and you know sitting there one two o'clock in the morning a knife by my side clonazepin t- took a few pen just to calm me down and by two three o'clock in the morning i just i stabbed myself three four times passed out in the rain woke up hypothermic blood just gushing out of my guts just yeah quite brutally quite i was like fuck i failed what do i do now what do i do now so i got myself up like any athlete does after an injury you like i'm bleeding out of my guts hike back up drove myself to a hospital and they're like what can we help you with i'm like oh i just need a few stitches true athlete there not showing you pain I was like oh, fuck into a psych ward <laughs> nodding me i escaped the psych ward so the cops are after me again Five weeks gone, missing person, didn't tell anyone who I was, ended up in another psych ward and another one. And it was just like, what do I do now? They're like, who are you? And I was like, refused to tell them my name because I was no longer Brittany the athlete. I was, I was nothing. And that's how I felt, 100%. Some of my mental health caught up on me and I was, I was just gone. Come maybe a year and a half ago, I, I met Chris hi Chris (laughs) and yeah no we've we've been really really close and he's 100% supported me through through absolutely everything through good bad suicidal and he's he's encouraged me like he's he spoke about his meditation when you guys chatted however long ago that was well before I was around but and yeah he really he got me into it and he's like just a couple minutes a day just a couple minutes a day and before I knew it it was three four hours just lying in my bed whether I was suicidal happy sad I would just lie there and just just breathe and it was it was all I had like all you have to your name is your name and your reputation is and that's it that's who you are and I just didn't I didn't know what that meant I had no no passion no no guide no no life plan I had no backup I had nothing you know you ask kids what they want to be when they're four or five years old they're like I want to be an astronaut I want to have a cool car and a house and this and that and it, you asked me and I just saw pitch black it's like so to me that was you're not gonna grow up you're not gonna grow old after sport you are like just black so that was me being like I'm done and you know Chris supports me every single day even today whether I'm suicidal and he's just like just breathe just breathe. So we, we started meditating and meditating together and I just went off on this little tangent one day and he's like, Why don't why don't you study? Why don't you teach? And I thought about it and I was like, What the fuck? I was like it would have been two months later and I just kinda of let it slide and I secretly signed up to become a meditation teacher and I didn't tell him. It was <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at telling people things voluntarily and Chris knows this. It took him six months to get him to tell me like anything. I was like, "All like cherry blossoms and he's like, What? I was like, I just don't tell him things. It's really bad. I'm sorry. I'm trying. And yeah, a couple of weeks went by after I enrolled and you know, I got my first course. And I told Chris and he's like, It's beautiful. It's amazing. And that first that first word, it's beautiful, just stuck with me. So I studied for six, eight months, did this year long course in in eight months because I'm a psychopath and I just meditated six hours a day and studied. And yeah, no, I've graduated with an advanced degree in meditation as a lifestyle medicine. And I don't know, I would practice on Chris. He was my test dummy and he's like, he would meditate for years before I met him. And he's like, I've meditated before but when you when you speak to me and when you guide me through this meditation, I just go I go deeper and he's so soothed and relaxed and he's just like your voice and he's like you were made for this. It was perfect. So here I am, three years later after leaving sport, and I'm only just kind of slightly finding something that that might be me. And there are days where I'm like, nah, it's it's not me. I can't do it. I'm the athlete, and Chris will remind me, no, you're Brittany. You're Brittany what does that mean I still don't have an answer but it's not I'm the athlete anymore it's I'm Brittany and it's such a big difference and that meditation has helped me And that that course gave me something to focus on it you know it made me a little less suicidal on some days and more on other days but it was it guided me it gave me something to do something to look forward to each day because now I can help people I've, I've graduated I can help people I can meditate and I wanna help people with their mental illness and COVID at the moment, everyone's so stressed, everyone needs to relax. And I thought it was perfect. And just, if I can help anyone, just even the slightest bit, just relax and de-stress. And, you know, if they wanna get their trauma off their chest or, I don't even know what the word is, just, you know, acknowledge it. Mm. Like, I just wanna help and I want them to feel like they're not alone because I felt so alone.
0: I don't know how you feel about talking about this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. It might come just off the tongue now, but you have to be really proud of yourself for talking about this sort of stuff. So thank you. I just want to say thank you before, thank you for before we continue. Um, It's not easy to, to to openly say that you you pretty, you pretty much hit rock bottom and you kind of just didn't know where to go. And out of that, you, you found something, you found meditation, you, you, Oh, mate, Chris Seipel's leading you in the right direction. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, you, you work with that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was going to say, you know, I don't usually bring up some of the things I've been through, but because of just trying to find pure relatability, because as you said, that relatability is sometimes the cure for getting over things rather than seeing someone behind a clipboard nothing wrong nothing wrong against seeing people you know in their in profession but sometimes it purely is just hearing someone else's story and going oh, i can actually acknowledge that i can take something out of it you know and it's just about like you know life life is too short you know what i mean and and if we get bogged up and worried about what other people think i mean it's very easy to do that it, then we we focus on that way too long and then before we know it we're, we're 30 and we've spent 10 years worrying about some bloke in, in a wheelchair screaming at us <laughs> or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like we, we get bogged down in these sort of things. So don't feel like you're the only one going through that, the whole identity thing. You know, I am, I know a lot of people are as well, but because we a lot of people are just following societal values and what what the, tre- I mean, I could call it a trend. So majority of people are doing doing what everyone else is doing and we fit in that way if you don't fit in that crowd and you're trying something else out for, where a lot of people don't particularly do that's when you start feeling like oh what's my identity when a lot of people are doing that one thing that you're doing you go oh I don't really need to worry about that because everyone else is in the same sort of situation so I feel like you're you're now learning that meditation's right for you you want to get into that natural healing now when you start to get people that, that work in that field you'll learn you'll probably find over time that you probably won't be focusing on that idea of identity because now you're happy because your main purpose, you're saying that your main purpose of somewhat of your identity is to help people, naturally heal them and overcome some of the stress load that they may be holding onto whether it be through COVID or something tragic that they've had, that they've gone and experienced throughout their life. That's part of your identity now. That will grow over time. The more people you get involved with your meditation page all that sort of stuff, you build a bigger community you won't focus on that too much i think over time you just keep going you'll be fine
1: yeah and i think you know i've been through so much whether it's you know sports injuries loss abuse violence anything like there's a list of things you could pick off and you'll find just that one little thing and i'm like yeah i understand and i don't need to you know i can tell you exactly about it or you can tell me and I can be like I don't I didn't go through it like this but I've got that one little just like the little thing to just slide in and just be like I get it and that that's like really big for me because with all the psychology and psychiatry and all those appointments they're all just you know people that have read books and but who knows fucking words out at you and you're just like what what do you what do you know have you have you even been through and I'm very adamant that I I won't see anyone unless I know that they they can relate and they can struggle and they can, they can get up every day and be like, fuck, this sucks, and I'm still going to do it. So for me, it's like I will tell you a jillion things that have gone wrong in my life that I can be like, yeah, I understand, and I get it. I get it. like That's, that's all someone needs. They want to feel connected and known and acknowledged, and, and that's meditation. Just acknowledging it, whether it's me acknowledging it for you or you come to it yourself, it's just acknowledging. And I, I think it's really big and I think a lot of people need that.
0: Talking about meditation. So I tried out of – I don't know if you've heard of, ever heard this before. I tried out beer yoga. <laughs> so
1: – You're just drinking the beer as you're like
0: – No, legit. Like I'm not even joking. It's exactly like that. Like I'm, I'm not even – there's no – training course or anything you just go there you rock up it's a uh they do it at felons in, in uh howard smith wharf in brisbane so you just sit on the grass field there and you're just lying there and the and the the instructors like i'll oh, grab your beer and i'm sitting there going what the fuck? is she is she actually taking the piss and then you'll do you'll be getting into proper poses oh, don't ask me about the poses the only thing i know is downward dog that's the only thing i can remember probably not the best one to remember <laughs> but um you're going on with the poses and then she says oh I'll grab your beer and start doing these ones and i think it's about just trying to get people more involved with the idea of of taking a deep breath getting involved with these sort of exercises like yoga like meditation try to make it a bit more more user friendly because the more we get into involved in that sort of stuff like you'll find as you said the deeper the breathing you know the, the slower you can you can kind of put yourself down and like the pace you can you, you lower your pace down and the way that you, you run around your life, you take a deep breath and actually sit still and just actually be in the moment and, and just focus on the stretch you're doing or focus on your breathing in the instance of meditation. It's so vital. It's so important because I think we all struggle with the idea. We just, we just run around too much. We go, oh, what can we do here? What can we do there? Oh, I don't even know what I want to do with myself. Well, we sometimes we actually just need to take a deep breath and just focus on the now and, and, focus, and don't worry too far ahead into the future. I think it's a massive, massive problem. Mm-hmm. Now, something I really want to bring up as well because I don't get enough girls on the on the show, honestly. So, I really appreciate you coming on. Seriously, so for for women as well, because let's let's talk about the instance of maybe a girl that's in a situation where that she might feel quite vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Anything in general, whether it be with a guy or or in the instance of not being able to openly speak about her feelings and emotions in a way that she feels comfortable about doing so. You know, where would you suggest to start?
1: it would depend on the situation. I mean, you've got guys, girls all across the world just being like, "Oh, girls are crazy." And I'm like, no, they're not. They're just misunderstood. They'll try and say something and you'll take it the wrong way and you know, and then you put the blame back on them. it's, it's they're crazy, they're crazy. No. They just take a breath and try and actually listen to what what they're saying. I think everyone just needs to take a breath before they breathe, like before they speak. That was that was one of our key things. You know, if we had media interviews, it was they ask you a question, you need to take a breath before you respond. It gives you that moment to reflect. You'd be like, what am I gonna say? Is it meaningful? Is it purposeful? Is it needed, wanted help helping the situation? So breathing was always really big for us and you know, that breath really does bring your, your body down. It calms you down and with your with your beer yoga, I'm sure. <laughs> I actually really love that. I want to go now. We'll set up a date.
0: uh, Me, you and Chrissy Seifel, uh, we'll do some some downward dogs together.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I actually think it's a fantastic idea because, you know, everyone's drinking, they can start to relax. You know, skull, 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 you're breathing in. and You're like, oh, my God, I need to actually need to swallow so I can breathe. So you're sculling, sculling, sculling. And they're like, and now, and then you're like, oh, my God, finally, I I can breathe. I've got all this beer out of my mouth now I can breathe. It's, I think it's fantastic. It's it's so unique. It's so intuitive, and it's really, it just kind of fits with our generation in the society that we've got. Everyone wants to go out and have fun, but everyone needs and wants their health, and it's just trying to find unique ways to get people into it and doing it. Whether it's you know someone that's never meditated before it goes to beer yoga to to relax. It's it's fun. You've got alcohol. You're calm. You're with friends and you're doing something good for your health
0: yeah no so true we just got to take a deep breath actually just take yeah slow down pretty much isn't it There's, i can go on about this all day but the summary would be to slow down i don't know if this is true as well because i have been i have been mentioned uh, someone had mentioned to me of this a girl mentioned to me of this this is, this is a standard thing i'm just talking about when you go out in the valley or go out on a night is it true that if a girl's walking by herself at night, she will have her car keys?
1: 100% in between your
0: fingers. See, from a guy's perspective, for me, I, I, cause, because I'd I've, I've never want to put a girl in a situation where she would feel that uncomfortable, I, it just, it hurts me to think that, that there's guys that, that, that make women feel that bad. You know, like, how, what do you think needs to change to, to be able to, to put the the car key away? And feel comfortable walking home you know say for example you're, you're walking by yourself and you, your friends message you at 11 p.m going hey i'm, a, I'm, an ex, I'm at x cargo or whatever club or wherever restaurant and you're saying yeah yeah sweet sweet I'll, I'll be over in 20 minutes and you you just feel so comfortable so free walking over no worry in the world
1: it's really difficult and especially in a place like the valley where there are so many homeless drug addicts people that are in a quite vulnerable and delusional state, they don't know what they're doing and there's only so much you can control. You can't control another person's actions. You can't control how much meth they've been on for the last seven, eight days. Like, you can't control that and you just need to, you know, be comfortable in yourself. Like, I, I don't like leaving my house unless I'm with a friend or I have a purpose. It's like, okay, I need to go to the shops and get blah, 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 blah. If I was just to go on a stroll, I would 100% have my keys. I would not feel comfortable.
0: I do hope over time, slowly but surely, that does change. Mm-hmm. I, From a guy's perspective, I don't, I don't know where we need to start. I, maybe it is a matter of actually teaching the kids, teaching young boys at school how to treat a, women right, a woman right. Mm-hmm. I just think, I feel like personally, the idea of, of giving a girl respect is is like one of the hardest things to do right now you know we focus on the way we look our appearance and stuff and then the rest will follow we will less the rest will, will will continue on from there but respect kind of just gets brushed aside main thing i think we need to really really we need to really like hammer down on respect just getting that right and i feel like that will will have a positive impact on putting the car keys down
1: and I don't think it's just men. I think it's women as well. There was – there's a quote and it's, be careful the rumors you hear about a woman because it's from a girl that isn't, like, good enough or has, like – you know, she's she's jealous of her. Like, a girl is going to be jealous of another girl because that guy's talking to her or she's pretty – a girl's going to be jealous and girls are brutal. Like, I have had a girl – rip my hair out smash my face in a concrete wall and stab me with a vodka bottle like girls are vicious I think they're more vicious and more brutal than men but 100% like respect needs to come back into society and it's difficult when we've got you know Instagram only posting like the best self with the filter in that like and then you see someone in real life and you're like oh my god you don't look like that and then the hate just comes and it just it's brutal and it's hammered down into this just one aspect it's just Ridiculous, and it's definitely not just men; it's women as well.
0: So, so interesting you say that because if you look on the online dating, I mean, I've tried it, and I really hate it. I've tried the Bumble because the women women reach out first and see, and then you you kind of get a get an understanding, or maybe they haven't, maybe they have an interest in me. Versus getting all, getting matches and, and not getting responses. Maybe maybe I'm just not creative in the way I I start I start a conversation. I'm just. I like, I usually just go for the hay or like do a gif like with a bear waving hay or yeah, yeah, the bear, yeah, that big bear or like Napoleon Dynamite just doing a groove on the D floor. I'm just, I just don't take it too serious, but yeah, you're so true because like if you look, if you, if you look too much into Instagram and Tinder and, and all those sort of social media platforms, the main focus is always filter and look and appearance. It's always that, you know, if you, if you put that aside and as you said, if you meet someone out for the first time and they don't look anything like what they do in the photo because it's now a massive societal value. We go, oh, well, am I doing the right thing? Should I maybe brush, brush her aside and move on and find someone else? Rather than actually having giving her the opportunity to, to get to know her and get to know her personality because you could have a really, really good looking girl and the personality is really sour. So I think we need a really implement that back into society i don't know the the days have gone you know when it would have been the same around the same time like you know your parents and stuff when you were like they were younger and my parents were younger going up to a pub and actually meeting people out for the first time like you know attractiveness is good but personality is better like clicking with someone for the clicking with someone having a drink with them and having a laugh was so much more valuable than looking at a girl and going oh yeah body looks pretty good i'm not gonna lie yeah
1: definitely i think we need to like fucking scram off and just all those things off to like just cancel the internet for like two days and see what happens in the world honestly people will be like what the fuck it's literally it's, it's too much it's you know the the internet was created as a way to connect with people and now it's too much of a face value you know what you see is what you get but it's not who they are it's I need to put on this front and be who who you think who I think you want me to be that's what that's what everything's come down to it's you go on a holiday but you can't go on a holiday unless you get the perfect photo it's 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 not okay anymore and people have lost that value they've lost that connection and you know when I when I met Chris and we started meditating it was like we would just lie there and not speak for like half an hour but I felt very connected to him whether it was Mm. because he supported me he understood me he's like yeah you need to meditate like it's gonna be good for you and he he supported that and he helped me grow into that like I think we need to get off all this ridiculous Mm. websites and actually connect and connect to people like we're doing right now sitting down having a conversation you need to be able to do that these days not just swipe swipe pretty photo like 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 it just Mm. you need a conversation these days as well
0: because the internet actually did crash. Well, Instagram, Facebook did crash last week. I think it was for maybe half a day. And people were absolutely going bananas. They were freaking out. And it's like, because because we're so used to looking at the phone, you know, if, if a notification goes off my phone, I have to look at it because it's just instilled in me. Like I, I, get, like, I get the itchies. Yeah. Like I just, I have to go and check the phone.
1: Notification anxiety.
0: No, 100%. 100%. And... It was, yeah when, when, when that was taken away from us because we're so addicted to the phone well because we do it all the time we don't really know, we don't really see it as addiction you know if we look at someone who's, who's an alcoholic it's a lot more you can, you can acknowledge it and you can see it a lot more versus everyone else using the phone because everyone's using it and it's a, it's a societal thing that everyone does we don't see it as an addiction but once it's taken away from us for half a day you know certain social media platforms are taken away from us that's when we go holy shit what do we do because you know, half our spare time is with the phone. You know, Whether we like it or not, it might not be in the the apps. It could be just texting people. It could be calling people for work purposes. It's on the phone.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I didn't even know Instagram crashed. Like, clearly, I'm up with the times. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, Instagram crashes. Everyone goes insane. They don't know how to connect. They don't know how to speak to people. People don't even know how to make an actual phone call these days. So they're like, no, 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 just text me. I'm like... No, I want to speak to you. I want to hear your voice. I want to better be able to connect with you. And they're like, no, no, no. It's like, okay. I tell people I'm a meditation teacher. And they're like, why would you do that? There's, just, there's an app for it. And I'm like, and the app crashes. And what are you going to do? Ring my number.
0: <laughs> but that's, that's again, what do you call it? Social media addiction, phone addiction. Mm-hmm. That's phone addiction again, because they just go, oh, easy option, boom, done. then it comes down to nitty gritty things as well like using the right emoji oh nah nah that person doesn't have an interest in me because he didn't use the blushy face emoji like people look too far into it where like go back to basics the idea of just meeting people talking to people and and seeing if there's some sort of spark there it's gone it's i don't know where to go from here
1: yeah, if you meet someone, you're like, oh, I have a bad vibe about them. Like, If through the phone you're like, I have no idea what this means and you like read too much into it and then they read into it and you're like, oh, I think they think I mean that. It just gets out of hand. And as soon as all that's gone, like you go for a job interview, no one actually knows how to have a conversation. You're sitting there shaking in your chair. You're like, I don't know how to breathe. I don't know how to relax. I don't know how to talk to these people. How am I supposed to work for these people? Like you're so used to being on your phone all the time. How do you even go about society these days? It's It's quite ridiculous and you know i think you know when i got into meditation i was really big on i'm not going to do it online i'm not going to put up things online i'm going to you know i'm going to see people face to face because people need that connection because they're, they're lost in their phones, they're lost in the apps and the cars and you know facebook instagram everything they're just they're just lost and they've lost connection with other people with themselves so i think it's really important to be face to face and in person with people because you can get that vibe you know if you're a little bit sad and i'm a little bit happier then you can take some of my happiness i can you know we can connect like that and i think that's it's really important i think we need a lot more of it in society these days
0: there's a really good movie that 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 encompasses this this outlook and life and and just being in the moment and rather than looking at the phone because i find that if you're not if you're not actually being in the moment it could be a matter of meeting someone for the first time And they may say a few things about, you know, their hobbies and all that sort of stuff. And you're looking at the phone whilst they're telling you all this sort of stuff. And you come back and you completely forget everything they've said. So, very, very similar to that. So, I don't know if you ever heard of Secret Life of Walter Mitty. So, it's a really weird movie to start off with because he's very confused. He doesn't know what his purpose is and he's afraid to speak up. So, they have all these, they have all these, like, I guess, dreams of of how he would react to certain... To, in certain situations and they're, all so, they're just so like over the top very funny but it's very weird you are going, where's this where's this leading into but the story is he's like a um, he looks after photos for this big magazine and basically for the last they're looking for this last shot for the last ever uh, book version of this magazine because they were going going to go digital and and the guy sent all these different frames but the frame that he was after wasn't there and he it goes on this journey of trying to find, try and find this photographer again to get that frame, to to, to seal the deal and, and make it the new cover. And he goes on this massive journey. He ends up like in these I don't even know, like some mountains um, off somewhere. And and he finds a photographer. And the photographer is is looking at this this rare tiger. And he's like, oh, it's so hard to find this tiger. Holy shit, we found it. Let's 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 take a photo. And before he does it, he just phrases and just looks at the, he looks at the tiger and Walter's just like, what are you doing? Like, you've gone on this massive journey. You found the tiger. Why aren't you taking the photo? And he just said, like, sometimes in life, it's just a matter of taking it in, living in the moment and just being, being there, being present rather than actually having something, having something there to, to, to be in your way. You know, even taking a photo, even going to a music festival, you know, it's are you actually?
1: It's one hundred percent just like people's heads and cameras. Like there's no enjoying the music anymore. It's just gone. It's all camera.
0: Because I, I just find that's with that movie as well. I don't. I don't think you're in the moment. I don't think you're even present. If you're watching an artist perform and you're like, "Holy shit, I love this song," and you're taking and the, the the quick, the main focus now, get the phone out. Hopefully, the phone's not dead. Hopefully, I've got enough storage to take it a decent 1080p, you know, video of this amazing song, and I'll post up on Instagram, show people where I am, and all this stuff. Are you really in the moment? Like, are you, are you, like I, I look at it as the person that's actually looking at the video behind another phone versus you taking a photo or a video of that moment behind your phone are you any different to them?
1: No, not at all. Like if you're you know taking a photo for Instagram, you're thinking about the future. You're already well ahead. Like the future doesn't exist and the past doesn't exist. Everything I say that comes out of my mouth is already gone. Like it it's not even in the moment. So basically the words I speak are just oh, sorry, they're already gone. I can't I can't enjoy them. I can't be in the moment. You're trying to get that photo for Instagram for Facebook to show show people how good you are and how great your life is. You're thinking about the future. You're thinking about other people, how they think about you, what they think of you, all these other things that are just ridiculous and that you can't control either. The only thing you can control is, you know, what you're doing right now. And the only thing that is constant in what you're doing right now is your breath. It will never leave you until the day you die. Your blood will pump, your heart will pump, and you will breathe. That is all you have in this moment, and that's all it ever will be. You can think about the future, that's fantastic, but you can't live in the future. You can only live in the now and that's all you're going to have.
0: Jeez, Brittany, you're going to start. You're going to make me start thinking about why is the colour the sky blue and what's blue and, you know, bloody oranges, why is orange orange? Holy shit. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You can go full, deep, and meaningful in this sort of stuff if you really want to. Oh, oh. I'm sorry.
1: I'm <laughs> sorry
0: it's all good honestly like I, I uh I have a tendency of, of going there sometimes when I when I feel like it look Brittany I really appreciate you taking up your time to just be really honest just have an honest conversation about you know you, your lifestyle and sport and how it's always been your number one priority you know getting to the stage of representing Australia in, in as an aerial skier and and then having that back injury and then and kind of trying to mold back in society and and, and finding your identity and and now you're in that process now you've 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 found a little bit of that and that's all you need you work towards something for people that may be in a similar sort of situation you know maybe they 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 couldn't find their crowd at school outside of school they don't know really where they're going they're just working somewhere to make the money for the time being they don't really know who they are where do you where do you suggest for them to start
1: get comfortable with being alone like you're not going to be surrounded by your best friends 24 7 you're not going to live with a partner for the rest of your life like there's no guarantee about anything I would definitely just suggest trying to be alone whether it's sitting at your house going through old magazines old things that you find on your bed you'll slowly just find like a pattern whether it's you know for me it was I've always been good at helping people people come with my their problems and I have this thing where I can just talk and my words just kind of articulate into a way that they just they soothe people so I found this pattern of yeah I I helped him and I helped her and I helped her and when she had this problem she she came to me and I found that pattern of I can help people and I found that while I was alone while I was at my lowest when I had absolutely nothing when sport got ripped away from me because of mental health and a back injury when i had no one by my side i was alone and i didn't have that choice but if you can recognize that you know there's there's a lot going on and you don't know who you are then i would suggest you know take a minute take a day take you know five minutes for all that matters just and be alone and just think you know who am i and what do i value what do i think is important where are my morals like you know if you're a kid and you're like i want to be a policeman you're like do i have morals for this do i have the values for this and you can slowly pick it out and you know there's little things it'll just come to you but you've got to be able to be comfortable being alone
0: spot on spot on because anything you go through in life whether it be a breakup whether you, you come out of a you know you, you're made redundant from work or even or even just restrictions with lockdown at the moment with COVID, especially if you're in Melbourne. If you can allow yourself to be by yourself before worst case scenarios do present themselves, then I feel like you'll be you'd be really good in the long run. Like it's not it's not gonna make everything it's not gonna change the struggle that you may be you may be having to face, but it's going to help alleviate some of that struggle.
1: I will I will struggle with mental illness for the rest of my life, but I am becoming slowly becoming comfortable. With the fact that you know i will have to deal with these things alone people won't understand and i'm gonna have to do it on my own and i had to hit rock bottom to to get there but i think if you know at a younger age whether it's you know in school or with your parents or if you're out with your friends if you can recognize you know i need to do some things alone and find some time for yourself then then do it do do it be alone and just recognize what what you're gonna have to do and what you're gonna have to go through and Who's truly going to be there for you and who you can rely on because the only person you can rely on is yourself no matter how much people love you it's, it's gonna be up to you
0: i know i've already said it before but I, again i really appreciate you just being so open and honest because it is this topic itself of, of self-identity and in and, and the, the unknown of the future for, for for what is to occur for you it's it is a massive thing so i really appreciate you just being so open and honest
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: But yeah, guys, this has been Season 3, Episode 9 of Cash in the Mind, Clear in the Mind when Couch Talk at a Time. And on today's episode, I had Brittany George joining me in conversation, revolving around the topic of all or nothing. For those who may be interested in checking out Brittany's meditation page, Beautiful, that's how it is. It's not beautiful, it's Beautiful Meditation. Yeah. <laughs> how, do, how do they find that?
1: Instagram, Facebook, B. I don't know what that is a line you line the rest of the word full meditations it'll it'll pop up otherwise i can always leave some cards with yourself and you can sort them out and send them around but i'll I'll always be up for even if you don't want to meditate just someone to chat to there's there's always some way that i'll be able to understand whether it's through personal experience or just having the background knowledge and Perspective, like the the I'm up for a chat, and if you need anything, I will I'll always be able to help you. And happy to if you want to reach out. So you've got my name, my number, my Instagram. Even if it crashes, my number will still work.
0: <laughs> you got it sorted. Thank you, Britney. Thank you. Thanks, guys. If you guys enjoyed this episode and you're after more in the mind content, feel free to check us out on Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, and many other audio platforms. And as always, guys, if you need anything, feel free to message me on the Catching the Mind Facebook page. Thanks again for tuning in.